Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How's it going and welcome to episode 37 of Someone Who Isn't Me. My name's Daniel P. Carter and my guest on this episode is drummer, podcaster, grustler and twitchy guy, Craig Reynolds. Craig's a mate who is a fantastic drummer in the band Straight From The Path, but he's also the host of a brilliant podcast called The Downbeat. If you're not aware of that already, you need to check it out because it's amazing. So within the short space of time since he started The Downbeat, he's built it into a super successful musical pod with a massive reach and guests from bands that include people from Slipknot, Architects, Bring Me the Horizon, and me. Um, His band, Stray From The Path, is one of the leading politically charged bands in modern music. They also rip. If you're not aware of that already, you should definitely check them out. Internal Atomics was the last record which came out in 2019. Um, It's Ace. Craig's one of my favorite people to chat with, and I thought that that would mean that it would be, you know, that there would be something of a departure from the usual episode of Swim and it'd be a lot more lighthearted. But then we got talking about some stuff that happened in his life a little while back, and it gets pretty heavy, actually, as we discuss anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts, etc. That said, I probably laughed more whilst going through the audio on this one than any other episode that I've done to date. So there is that. If you want something mystical, I guess we could mention that um, it's episode 37 and hexagram 37 in the I Ching is Chia Gen, which means extended family, which works because Craig's one of my boys. I should also mention that the painting I did of Craig for the cover of this episode is uh, about 12 inch square and it's oil, acrylic and ink. And it's got a Ferengi from Star Trek on it, Garth Ferengi, because when I asked him to send some reference photos to paint from, I had to then tell him to stop raising his eyebrows and doing this weird thing because it was creasing up his forehead and he looked like an alien. So, yeah, that ended up in the painting. You're welcome. There's also some talk at the moment about doing some prints of this one. I know I've done prints on my Death Wish store of previous guests, but I think, I don't know, we might do it through the Downbeat um, site. We'll see. Anyway, this is Someone Who Isn't Me with Craig Reynolds. We've been talking about doing this for a while, and I've been on the yeah. downbeat, and I want to come on it again, but you said you basically... So you're doing, the only reason you're doing this is so <laughs> that you can come back on the downbeat. Exactly, because <laughs> you said that wouldn't happen until we'd, <laughs> until we'd swap. Well, that's over. fine, because that, that's the only way I want you back on the downbeat as well. So I've sort of shoehorned myself a podcast, and so have you. 
Yeah, this is this is like a, a pod swap, almost. What we do, we do this one, break for lunch, and then we'll do the and downbeat. Then, <laughs> all right, well, you've got to go to the vet, though, haven't you? I do have to go to the vet. Mm. Is everything all right? Don't know. Dog's just, like, not been eating and being weird. She's a rescue, and she's, like, proper precious anyway. We think the, the previous owner was, like, your Paris Hilton sort of chihuahua owner because it's a chihuahua mm. uh, so she won't eat dog food she like eats her favourite food is churros <laughs> so you're not supposed to be feeding dog churros as far as I'm aware are you being serious <laughs> I'm being 100% serious what, and but you we wondered why the dog isn't very well because all you feed it is no, no we churros. haven't been feeding her churros but like one time we got churros and she was like, it was like she just reanimated like hang on I've had these before and then we were like, oh my yeah. God, that's why she didn't eat. Because she's, she's Mexican. Human food. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you know, yeah, it's weird. It was a weird. So she's not been eating. She, she won't even eat churros right now. We haven't tried <laughs> the churros. But <laughs> she's not eating like normal food. So uh, I've got to take her to the vet. Well, I hope everything's all right for a start. I mean well, that. So do I. So do I. It'd be... No, let's not even... Come yeah. on, manifestation. Let's not manifest that. It's the be dog's fine. all right. They're going to go eating churros like nobody's business. Um, So to do this, we should... I'm always really bad at starting these, are you? Actually, you're pretty good. Because um, you're, you're... Am I? Yeah, I think so. Thanks. Thanks, BBC broadcaster. I'll take that. Yeah. But the thing is, um, all the stuff I want to talk about is you and then Stray... And then, and then the podcast, and and a bunch of us bits and bobs are like that. If that's cool with you, and then see where we. Well, end that's up. what I would talk about if I was interviewing me as well. So. Okay, if you were interviewing yourself, right? This isn't like a thing I've thought about. I'm just thinking it now because now you are like you you're interviewing people a lot now. Even though I think you and I are in the same sort of camp where where we don't really do interviews we just have conversations oh, with the, people. What, the minute i said interview there i puked in my mouth because yeah. i don't do interviews well exactly but the thing is you kind of do now because the pod's doing really well isn't it yeah but I, the more it does well right the more i get contacted by like press people <laughs> and the more like pressy it seems and i'm like well i just don't i don't want it to be that but then by narrowing it down as i'm sure you are because you've just got an elite, like, alumni. Like you. Then, well, yeah, but that's now, now it's thinning. I'm going to have to, I have to do doubles on Daniel P. Carter. Like, mm. <laughs> Well, let's talk about how you started the podcast first, because I remember when you first started saying to me about you, you were going to get doing it, and that was in, what, 2018? August was the first one, right? Was that right? Look at this. You are, like, you are more professional than me. You're absolutely right. You've got a little blackboard there with, like... <laughs> written down written down August number one yeah number one was August 2018 and it was shit and um, it was with Jay from Tesseract because he was the closest person to my house and it was in person and obviously I wanted to speak to him but he was like originally I was like I'll make it a drum podcast and you know he lives an hour away interesting band new album out it kind of worked jobs are good and, and then and then it was crap. The quality was crap. I didn't know what I was doing. The mics were like 10 foot away from both of us. Um, but I started it because I was bored and I was a little bit depressed. I had nothing to do. I had like four months off tour. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. But it's amazing, though, isn't it? Because like to see 
the way you've built it and yeah you're crushing it man good to see and you actually you really care because before we even started this you were (laughs) you were getting all weird about how good the audio had to be and all of this kind of stuff whereas I've said to you in the past, I don't think it really matters as long as the conversation's there, but uh, I am wrong because, like, as I said to you before we started again, one of my podcasts that I just did for Marshall, I think is not going to get used, which is a shame because the audio is not great. And it's with Simon from Biffy, and it was a real good conversation as well. I think it's a subconscious thing as well. I think people think that they would listen to it, but subconsciously, if it sounds like someone else's phone call, they aren't tapping into an extra layer of concentration yeah because that's the beauty of a podcast isn't it that it feels like you've just kind of walked up while two people are sat having a conversation and you've just sat down and and then kind of inserted yourself into it or at least listening to it voyeuristically yeah and if they i find me personally listening to one if one of the microphones is incredibly different or at worst a phone call i'm like I feel like I've just got a neighbour who's on the phone on loudspeaker and I'm just sort of listening. <laughs> and, and if I really want to hear what the person has to say, I will listen. But with like, even, you know, he who shall not be named in the podcast world, I, I will listen to episodes with rubbish people because the quality's so good that it's just like I put it on in the background. I'm like having a little listen and then I end up learning stuff like that I wouldn't normally. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm... It sounds good. It's it's ear porn. Why don't you want to mention his name? You're the Reading Rogan. I'm not the Reading Rogan. I'm the Woken oh, and Wogan, and you're the Reading Rogan. <laughs> oh, love. I love. Do you know what I love? I can't remember what I was watching the other day. <laughs> Something and Jimmy Carr was on it, right? Yeah. And Jimmy Carr was like in it, and I was like, Jimmy Carr has to be from the RG area at the very least, and uh, he's from Slough, isn't he? Oh, is it? Just found out. Yeah, because I Googled it. I was like, no, there's no way. No one's saying in it like that and not being from our end. Yeah, innit? <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I just like, I think he could, I don't know. I'll, I'll talk about it a lot. He could mitigate his guests a little bit. Yeah, but that's part of it though, isn't it? Because you've got, I guess he's... When you're in the people position... People are idiots. People can't be trusted. <laughs> people can't be trusted to form their own opinions from things. So yeah. when you give them, like, a platform, and or you give people, like, nice, as we just spoke about, nice-sounding sound bites, yeah. or whatever, you, you, they can indoctrinate themselves. Even if Joe Rogan has been very, like, open-minded about the whole thing, there is something, I'm serious, about... A nice microphone and someone talking and it sounding high quality that acts on like a deeper level, I'm sure. Yeah, because it feels authoritative and 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 legit. And it's like when people are at the point where they're, especially, uh, I guess what you're talking about is people in the US, especially where no one trusts the news anyway, because everything's so sort of bipartisan and, and you have you pick your side or whatever. And it's like, you only listen to this and therefore the other thing is rubbish and, and it's not worth listening to. If you get something that is kind of dancing between the two and isn't proclaiming itself to be either one of those things, but has things that people go, oh yeah, I believe that and that that's like that ticks that box for me, then they're going to believe it because it feels authoritative. Cognitive dissonance. 
people just they're just waiting right that's the bit that i believe yeah okay so let, what else has this guy got to say i don't think there's anything i don't think there's anything bad in it but i just people can't be trusted with their own opinions well yeah so what i'm saying is we should have a sort of auth- authoritarian podcast government which no i'm not <laughs> <laughs> which actually limits all speech to what I think should be said. <laughs> I do think there's a... And actually, do you know what I think the problem is there? What you nailed it on, like, right on the fucking head, is there is no subtle nuance in anything to do with American, like, politics. Yeah. There is... Even the people who say they're in the middle, they are absolutely not on either, like, do you know what I mean? So yeah. there's no... That's why when you've got the biggest podcaster in the world having... Alex Jones, or even if we want to get politics out of it, that fucking Jordan Peterson guy. Yeah. The guy that insane views on women that are just like dressed up to like make men feel a little bit better. Because everyone, everyone sort of my age, our age, even, no, your age. Yeah, but you know, my age, right? Most of us are really, really miserable on the inside because. There's, there's not. There's been a bit, bit of a shit like coming into middle age with everything. So I yep. think everyone's subconsciously open to anything that makes them feel a little bit better about how hard, quote unquote, hard done by they are. Yeah. So then you have got some guy coming on being like, "Well, I don't really think there's a gender pay gap at all, and this is why." And he dresses it up really nice in a nice microphone. And then you get some men that and then just go and listen to that, and now they're like staunchly anti-women just from some guy talking into a nice microphone <laughs> that's my opinion anyway yeah i i think i think you're right to a certain degree though because like yeah you you get to this point when you're when you reach a certain age where maybe i don't know deeply unhappy might be um <laughs> might be overselling <laughs> it but yeah there's because there's that realization isn't there that you suddenly go because i think when you're when you're younger and you're a teenager or in your early 20s, you're totally fearless and you feel invincible and the concept of actually being a, a mortal is... It's not there. Yeah, it's not there at all. And that's, that's you know, that's there for a reason, I think. That's part of part of your the brain's makeup, you know, just to, to try and further life. Do you know what I mean? And it's only the, when you get a bit older. The reality sets in. Yeah, and that's why, that, or that might explain why, when people get to a certain age, they become a bit more spiritually aware or or turn to, like, religion and things like that. Because it's like, ugh. Getting, getting, we're you, halfway there. You reckon the fear, the fear <laughs> of death? Maybe. The f- Maybe as a subconscious not, thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't fear death. I welcome death. (laughs) (laughs) If anything, I welcome death. But I just mean like, even people younger than me, right? I reckon when I was young. Yeah. Younger. Come on. Still a spring chicken. um, I was like deeply angry and unhappy inside my head. Yeah. And if I didn't have music, I reckon someone could have got me to do something mental. I reckon if I went into the wrong crowd and someone went, Oi, I'm not like whatever. Yeah. And just went, Oi, this this is what's happening. These people are calling the short shots. This is why we don't like them. So you're gonna do this. And this I is- reckon someone could have done it. 
I reckon I was that, like, not fucking unhinged, but, like, just fed up <laughs> and a bit, like, angry. Clinically fed, literally clinically fed, and a bit angry. But that makes me worry that nowadays stuff is so much more accessible. Like, if I was a kid now, I didn't do anything mental because I was yeah. just too busy playing drums, chasing girls. But, like, <laughs> but like it had I not had music... Yeah. Who knows? This is a hypothetical. Obviously, I'm not coming out as a terrorist here. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And uh, but but to say things are more accessible, that's true. But I think for people that are actually actively looking for that kind of stuff, then they'll find it anyway. I remember being uh, like just joining secondary school when that whole early. 80s thing was happening in the UK where where it was like like the right wing was pretty rampant because of stuff like the NF and things like that. I remember a kid in my class, his older brother who was a skinhead having horrible propaganda like almost like zines. So I guess it's it's always there for the people that will look for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, but yeah, obviously everything everything is way more easily accessible now because the internet, which is mental because the whole idea of it was or or when it was pushed was the idea was it, it was going to bring everybody together and it was going to be this beautiful thing that made the world sing in harmony. It was for a bit. Well, yeah, I read a lot. 1996, AOL, GeoCities, <laughs> like some... Just like Geo Cities, yeah, but metal, it, was, it was still an got opportunity got into Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> yeah, but it was still an opportunity for scumbags, I'm sure. Do you know what I mean? Also, speaking of, why did I get into Cannibal Corpse? Because I was probably looking for the most horrible shit I could on the internet. Yeah, do you still listen to that <laughs> just out of interest? What Cannibal Corpse? Yeah, yeah, only like maybe three albums <laughs> in a row. I can't There's a lot of them. I can't, I don't know, there's a lot of death metal now I can't listen to, and part of it is because, I don't think it's because I'm a prude, because I'm not a prude by any standard, but I just find it a bit, I don't know, a bit weird, and also I can't get on with any death metal vocals anymore unless it's like death or obituary, it's pretty much, if it's not um, Chuck or From John, Florida. Or John Tardy, <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean, then I'm just like, no, nah, I'm over it, I don't, don't want it, because it just sounds, it's too... Sounds like someone trying to sound like a monster. But I'd rather... Li- Come on, Daniel Picard from the radio on Rock Show. Like, you're a bit more broad-minded than that. I know. Open-minded than that. I know, because um, I'll still listen to I'll black take- metal all day, and, and that's people trying to sound Isn't like it? monsters and that sounds well. like... Yeah. Fuck. But they're trying to sound like high-pitched monsters, not so much. High, yeah, you don't like a low-pitched... I don't yeah. want to like an under-the-bed monster. I want a... <laughs> More sort of supernatural shrieking being. No, yeah. but I will say this about metal. Go on. I only listen to it when I'm working out. Really? But I work out every day. Yeah. So it's like, that's not like me showing off. But like, I maybe I, the reason I still listen to it is because I, I like that aggression when I'm like in the gym or something. What are you saying that if you weren't working out, if you were like a terrible slovenly piece of shit like me? I'm not putting Cannibal Corpse on to like walk the dog. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't know. To walk my Chihuahua Pamela Anderson with uh, I Come Blood playing on my AirPods. <laughs> Picking up hot chodes. <laughs> oh, no, not. Or oh, not, as the case may be. 
Oh yeah, Hence at the moment. The vets. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um. <laughs> that was the real. That just went off on one. Then we didn't even get into what I wanted to say about. I mean, God, that really did go off on one. Fuck it did. Hell. It did a little bit, but that's fine. So with the pod, you're now you've clearly like you've started doing the Patreon, and yeah. which is amazing, the luxury communism thing. Uh, I still feel bad that I haven't actually signed up to that, and yet you did do uh, donated some money to my supporter thing for swim. Which yeah, but I I donated as a joke, so <laughs> feel <laughs> so feel okay in knowing because my little comment was does that mean you're not doing ads now? Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> because not that, I not that my that's the whole reason I did mine. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. It is sometimes, though. Is it? They automatically add them in the middle. Yeah, yeah. And I have to choose where they go. Otherwise, if I don't choose, it will just suddenly... Honestly, yeah. In the most inappropriate Which is fine. Place. I get it. You've got to make the money somehow. I don't make any money. I don't m- literally make Why no do money from doing the podcast. Exist, then? I don't know. Why you got ads? I don't know. Because there's 2021, man. Um, I pay 80 quid a, m- a year and... It means I don't have any ads on mine. Is it? It means I make no money in the, except for the Patreon. Yeah. I mean, I say I make no money. I get a little bit. And then it feels like free money as well because it's like money in the post, surprise money. All right. The thing with the Patreon, right, is I made a real big deal of making... I was like, everyone, please. I know that it gives you an option to do a custom donation, but I really only want one pound because I don't think I'll be able to give you any perks. I don't feel... <laughs> it right to give you like perks i don't uh, that's not what i'm about as a podcast and if i have like if i'm on tour for three months i don't know how often episodes are going to be so if it's a pound a month you've got less likely for people to cancel it because mm. i did put all of that patreon money went into the drum studio which was going to be the podcast studio but now i'm going to split that into two and have an office in town when gigs start up yeah. So all that money, it's not like I see that money. It goes straight to the thing. Yeah, but yeah. When, I, when I was moving house, I was getting, like, even at a pound, I was getting people signing up because I hadn't done a podcast in about three weeks because I was moving house. And I was getting people signing up and I'd get a pang of fear every time I got the, the, the Gmail notification. <laughs> Because we're like, fuck, I need to do an episode. These people <laughs> are fucking, these people have paid a good pound, Lynn. <laughs> What are you going to do when you start touring again? Uh, oh, I've got this whole rig now, so that's coming with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should I've never shout, had the rig. Shout out Rhodes. But, yeah, that I guess big, now... Big it, shout out. It's going to be... In fact, I would expect it to be a little more productive in a sense that... Um, I know, though, the thing is, though, you're only going to tour with people that you... Like, you're only going to... If you're doing a two-week tour... You're with the same people for the two weeks, aren't you? I guess you could do one with each of the people, but you know what I mean. Yeah, but even then, even if, I've never been on a two-week tour in my life. Well, of course, but three, three to three to whatever. But even then, like one podcast every three weeks isn't that bad. So yeah. if you're on a four-band bill, just do one person from each of the other three bands, and yeah. then that's one a week. Yeah, true. Plus festivals as well. Oh, I don't, my thing with that, every time I've ever, the same thing, maybe it's just me being like, 
podcast snob. When I hear a podcast and then, oh, it's like, what? We're backstage at Reading. How was it? Like, and I'm like, oh, I don't care. I want to sound like I'm in the room. Like, I did that thing the other day where uh, I liked put a thing up on Instagram like who would you want to hear on the podcast because I, I am going to make a bit more of an effort because you know as you as you know like I've only ever done like I'm only done 35 episodes and I've been doing it for like years now and that's just because yeah. I, I only ever speak to people that I want to speak to do you know what I mean and like yeah, but that's you, a, you've got 35 elite people it's all elite I'm the worst mm, one no you're not what are you on about who's the worst one there <laughs> Uh, you don't have to. You don't have to do that. I don't. I think, a, no, I don't think any of them are the worst ones. Do you know what I mean? Maybe Scott Ian. <laughs> Actually, his one was wicked. But um, yeah. I, um, I only ever want to do them with people that I want to speak to. So oh, I appreciate that. I'm I'm humbled. Well, yeah, you know that. Um. But yeah, like I put a thing on Instagram recently going, who do you want to hear on the like on someone who isn't me this like coming year? And loads of people put people that have already been on it, which was a huge bum out because <laughs> it's like you clearly never listen to this. And then somebody that obviously does listen regularly got really mad about it and wrote me a comment about it, which I reposted. And I think everyone then thought that was me writing it. So what's the deal? You don't want to repeat anyone? Well, yeah, I do. I guess so. Like, I'll, I want to do another one with Maynard. Like, so here's the thing, right? So when I reposted all the stuff that people were saying and I started tagging yeah. those people in it, it was like, you know, fishing, basically. And loads of people got back to me going, oh, yeah, I'll definitely do it. Like um, big people. Yeah, like people like Jonathan Davis and like Frank Carter and Frank Ayero and yeah. Yeah, big people. Yeah. But... I tried that, and all I get, right, for some reason, I haven't. I figured out the other day, I don't think I've done a drum episode, a drummer episode, in the last 10 episodes, right? I still get people calling it a drum podcast, which annoys the fuck out of me. Well, your logo is drum made out of drumsticks. Yeah, but fucking, the Nike logo's a little thing. Doesn't have to have shoes on it, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I pulled that out of thin air. I'm surprised it went that well. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, but people can't see it's a drumstick but if I do that I all I get is like well you have this metalcore drummer on and then all I end up doing is resharing that and being like no because they program their drums and pretend that they're playing it and then <laughs> throw some guy throw some guy <laughs> under the bus that didn't yeah. even ask to be fucking tagged <laughs> amazing that's that's <laughs> Ooh, just lighting the way with your bridges you burn brilliant that's fine though I mean I think the podcast is well beyond that. I'm only joking about it being a drum thing. But, I mean, that's how that's how it started, and that's fine. You know, you, everyone needs, yeah, like, fine, a, like an off point, like like a kickoff point, don't they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, like, it was, you know, the first, I think, three episodes were just drummers. But my point was, like, you can post the things, like, who do you want to hear? And people are like, oh, the singer from one of the biggest metal bands of the current day. And then he's like, yeah, I'll do it. Whereas I get, ah, well, you do um, this man that can do a 355 BPM blast beat because I'd really like to know how he does it. <laughs> it's a gravity Shut the fuck blast. Up. Go on YouTube then. Yeah, um, but yeah, but you can get all that anyway now. Like you've had, I'm just looking at uh, like a little list. You've had Jonathan Davis. You've had Sam Carter. You've had Matt from Sleeps. It's you've had Jordan from Bring Me. You've had V-Man. Yeah, they're all mates. 
They're yeah. all mates. It's not like I've done any sort of sh- schmoozing to get there. I've just texted them and went, oh, you know that we're mates. Can we be mates on microphone? Well, that's kind of what I've done with Swim. And the other aim of it is to get people that I want to become mates with. So like yeah. Maynard, right? So Maynard, I, di- I did that one when uh, Pussifer went into Maida Vale. And I'd only ever met him once before, as, <laughs> as I told you when um, when I came on the downbeat, and he bro- and <laughs> when he broke your beat, <laughs> he didn't break them. But yeah, that that time. Um, but um, yeah, so that was the first time <laughs> first time I got to know him properly, and now we get on all right. And then when I posted the thing about him being on again, like somebody said, "Oh, I'd like to hear Maynard again," and I would as well because when we did that. Uh, the press officer had said, don't mention the, the other band. And it's like, well, well he's the singer in Tool, and I, I'm, I'm meant to pretend that that's not even a thing. But that's fine, mm. whatever. So, And it was kind of tough, but then, yeah, that was kind of always the way, though. It's like he'd be doing press for a perfect circle, and it's like, don't mention Tool. And then there was a time when we were talking about that, and we were talking about how he started using Instagram more, and... He was saying, oh, you know, I, I, I never used to want to engage in that kind of thing. And I went, yeah, but it's a perfect tool. And he just looked at me and went, yeah, good one. And I, I was like, what? Had no idea that my brain was literally trying to sabotage the conversation by yeah, trying, but that's not... trying to make weird. I think he, he offended? No, he kind of laughed afterwards, but it was it was kind of weird. I think he thought that I'd said it as if I was trying to get in like a... Like a weird little mention. So, right. So, it, this is where me and you differ because, regardless of how much I probably love someone, mm. um, maybe because you've got more on the line, I'm still technically just a drummer. Um, if I was interviewing someone and they thought I'd made a joke and I hadn't made the joke and then they were weird about it, I probably would have went, Shut the fuck up. I didn't fucking make the joke about your fucking little band, did I? It's so obviously playing on your mind. It's not playing on my mind. So that would have been it. The interview would have been over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, when I tagged him in that thing, he he sent me a message. He was like, is this a good idea? And I was like, uh, yeah, I'd like to do it again. So hopefully we get to do one and talk about um, some of his other stuff as well. But um, yeah, the, pre- you see, the minute the press agents get involved is when I start to just be like, I'm really realistically, uh, at this point now, I'm doing you a favour almost as much as you're doing me a favour. <laughs> so when you start fucking giving me these like strict lines, yeah. I'm just like, well, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, that can also work in your advantage though at times. Or as for me in the past anyway, but I'm not going to get into it because then it just sounds like I'm I constantly mean, trying to name drop, but I'm not. I mean, for for Maynard, <laughs> I'd, you know, I'd fucking, I'd nosh him off there and then. So yeah, you've got to do, you could do Maynard, but you know, you've got to fucking staple your hands together with a nail gun before the interview. I'd be like, yeah, go on in. What have I got to lose? <laughs> so I'd probably jump through the hoop for that. But if that joke scenario came up, like you said, I don't think I would have... I think I would have... Uh... It wasn't It wasn't like he was offended, but it was. it was weird that I was totally clueless to it until afterwards when I went, oh... But yeah. yeah, maybe he's just fucking just used to everyone trying to shoehorn the tool thing in there. Yeah, I think that's what I it was. Friend, <coughs> I had a friend that tool managed uh, 
what are they? I was about to say fifty seconds to Mars. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the Mars that's band? The, that's the offshoot band. Thirty seconds to Mars. Thirty, right? Half a minute to Mars. So, <laughs> I, I had a friend that tour managed them, and they said that yeah, like Cheap. press agents try and talk about acting to him. Yeah, and he's like, obviously Jared Leto, and he's like. Well, I'm here promoting my music. And it would offend me, actually. Like when people say it's a drum podcast because I'm a drummer. In fact, I take it all back. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, it's like you can't... I don't know. I, I find that whole thing quite weird that people will co- like compartmentalise themselves about, well, I'm here to talk about this, so therefore we don't even mention the fact that I'm also like an enormous actor. I yeah, mean, most people. I think most people probably are just cool with that. Like every time I've interviewed him, I've never gone. Well, but what about in Fight Club when you get your head smashed in? I didn't like. Do you know what I mean? I've never mentioned that. Why would I? Because I'm there talking to him about his band. But he's always been weird. That's what I mean. But obviously, there's pe- there's people that do do that, and it's probably a chip on your shoulder type situation when you've had people early in your other career saying well he's only got there because of his acting or whatever so he's probably got a fucking massive complex about it so when people talk about it it's like imposter syndrome you think that those people don't have it but they probably do yeah because a lot of people were like oh he's just playing he's acting being a rock star exactly yeah yeah and the thing is like those first couple of records were wicked like really good. Oh, the big, the big, the big uh, f- singles were unreal. Yeah, amazing. Like really, really good. And so you know, and I'm not gonna get. Doesn't matter. Ha ha. Nothing. Um, I'll tell you afterwards. <laughs> anyway, back to acting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> back to I my do, acting career. So here's the thing, though. I do want to speak to him because I want to talk to him about both those things, and he's been on my list for a while because I really well, want to. You can only have one. Well, exactly. I really want to ask him about, because um, he, he follows this thing called, you know, method acting, which was created by this guy called Stanislav, who was actually, the, the a whole idea of method acting, like, you know, you hear it all the time, don't you? You say, like, it'll be like, so-and-so did this film, and he's a method actor, and, and you just think that that's someone just gets well into the role. But it's actually, like, when that was first done, the guy that made it up was super into, like, um, weird sort of esoteric and occult things and it was about actually embodying Living. yeah like embodying yeah. this other person within you and and i want to talk to him about that be like sorry that is interesting well yeah i think i i read into that stuff as well when uh remember when christian bale got caught calling the fucking lighting tech like going nuts on him yeah and it was like oh he's method acting being fucking john connor or whoever and i was like I thought method acting was like Daniel Day Lewis makes shoes for a while while he's working on a role, and then I and then I googled it, and uh, no, it's yeah everything you just said. Yeah, it's quite interesting though. I think yeah, I'd like to talk to somebody about that kind of stuff because I I mean I've spoken to other people on on here on the podcast about the idea of like so Jazz Coleman from Killing Joke before he would play he would always put like weird makeup or or ash from like cigars and stuff. He'd like paint his face um, in a certain way, and he would almost leave. Leave. He'd say he'd felt like he'd left himself. Like he'd do a show, and then he wouldn't have any real recollection about what was happening during the show after coming off stage. Because, War paint. 
Yeah, exactly. And when I spoke to your man again, and we were talking about Tool, which we did actually get to talk about, was when he would paint him, you know, paint these different personas. And the same thing with Wes from um, Limp Biscuit as well. We talked to, when he was on it, we spoke about the idea about how he would have these different sort of looks for each tour. Yeah. And, and most people would be like, oh, look, Wes Borland, this tour is dressed like a weird uh, Shaolin monk crossed with a chimpanzee or whatever. Do you know what I mean? But he said that each one of those looks was actually a full character and they and that he would act in certain ways on stage and not as a conscious decision not thinking oh i've got like this monkey makeup on so i need to like move this way and climb up stuff and everything he just found himself doing it without thinking about it which i think is amazing and super interesting and he was saying about like on that last limp biscuit tour I don't know if you saw it. He would come out and he had this weird guy that would wear like Hawaiian shirts and like those kind of um, necklaces made of flowers and stuff and a funny hat and like a moustache. and Guy Fieri. Yeah, exactly. He would come out as Guy Fieri and he'd just be cooking in between every song. (laughs) No, but he would... um, he, and this guy was called the tourist and he would come out with a suitcase and get out like a like a ukulele that was where's Borland's character for the yeah. last tour yeah i didn't know that yeah didn't and um but um and i said to him yeah i find that that person really quite sinister and um and he was like yeah he was horrible he was a horrible person like the the most reckless uh and damaging equipment I've ever done on any tour was as that guy. That's interesting. That's sort of like a method musician. Yeah, exactly that. But it's funny because I, I would I remember hanging out before a show and he was like cutting pineapples into like um <laughs> you know like when the old sort of classic idea of somebody on holiday would have like a big it would be like a cocktail but in a pineapple and stuff oh, like that. Oh yeah. The he pina colada. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he would, he would, he was making things like props and stuff before the show, as this, as he would slowly get into this, like put the makeup on and become that person. It was weird. That's insane. Yeah, it's wicked, isn't it? But he's amazing. I like, like it. Yeah, I think a lot of people write write that band off, but I think they're ace anyway. But him in particular, he's an amazing artist as well. I don't. Like, it- it's a weird, I mean, it's not that weird, but like, it's just weird how Corn sort of got away with it, but no one really let Limp Biscuit get away with it. Yeah, but it's different, wasn't it? Because I guess people look at it from a lyrical perspective, whereas Corn stuff was super like emotional and cathartic and talking about all this horrible stuff that had happened in his life in the songs, whereas... Limp Biscuit was Fred talking about how he'd pretty much do anything for the nookie. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it would it would yeah, feel right. it would feel like like the context of the whereas musically you could probably put the songs next to each other and you, and for most the people the early stuff at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wouldn't really like would just be like oh, okay, yeah, it's kind of in the same gang and that's and that's how they got lumped together in new metal. This is why, you know, even me just saying that sort of highlights I really am not a lyrics guy. 
I just, I just find it hard to care about lyrics. So it, <laughs> when I just like subconsciously, then I was just like, well, similar band. Why, why is, why is Limp Bizkit quote like sort of a laughing stock now? And Corn aren't. And you are absolutely right because of the lyrical content. But yeah, I just listen to the music. Yeah, I know. Unless it's about, oh, especially if it's like introspective, very personal to that person stuff. Like, it's not that I don't care. It's that I, I can't personally connect, connect with it. And then if it's the opposite, like the Fred Durst stuff, again, can't really connect to it. Don't really, don't really care. But if it's really angry and I can listen to it in the gym, then I, then I can get on board. But even then, I don't really like the lyrics. I think well, that's, that's just probably not... why you can happily listen to um, Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't even hear the lyrics. Exactly. Um, I had something else to say about that, about lyrics. Oh, unless they're political. And I can write them if they're political as well. I feel like at this juncture in my life, yeah. I feel like the only anger that anyone should be feeling is the overlords. Yeah, but you could directed look... towards the overlords. Yeah, but you could you can also look at that within a more uh like a wider from a wider perspective as well, can't you? Cuz you could just go, yeah, that's that's a political thing, but then you could also look at it uh, in a from a more emotional perspective. Like writing about political stuff like you guys do is is a very literal head-on approach to a lot of that stuff, right? As yeah. a, as I mean, as, we tried not to stand- do that on the last one. Yeah. Yeah, but well, yeah. Was that because something like "Goodnight Alt Right" ended up having people trying to kill you or threatening to kill you? Yeah, but no, it wasn't directly because of that. It was because we'd already done the album, which was "quote unquote" the Trump album. Like everything was still shit. We didn't really need to talk about it anymore. Yeah, that's. Um, yeah, but then fair. to make sure, and everyone was just everyone in the world was just sick of the fucking politics of that. So we we're like, well, let's just be more open ended because there's a lot of other social issues going on or whatever but we did make sure that in case people thought we were getting uh you know dulling our edge that there was a song and it it was directly it was called double down and it was far far worse in terms of calling out the goodnight alt-right crowd that gave us the death threats far more scathing under the radar didn't even fucking notice yeah, because it's like, because a lot of those people, well, no, a lot of people, regardless of what their political affiliations are, they now um, live by memes and sound bites and no one wants to read the article, do they? Do you know what I mean? It's all like... Oh, 100%. I even saw that earlier. Some article. Uh, the the Trump etched on a manatee. Did you see that? Yeah. Did you read it, though? Yeah, exactly. I read it and I saw the comments were like, oh my God, disgusting, all this shit. And obviously it is fucking, you should not be touching a wild beast. But then oh, it was deliberately framed and I fucking hate, obviously I fucking hate Trump and all of the fucking, all of that lot. But it was deliberately framed with the clickbait headlines, like someone carved into this fucking yeah. manatee, and then in the text about five paragraphs in where nobody gets to, was it's probably just been sort of smudged on the algae on the side of the manatee. And the algae which has grown on its back, yeah, exactly. But that stuff, that stuff, even though whoever made that article and headline is trying to be divisive, 
for good, you know, for better or for worse, like on either, you know, they're trying, I mean, obviously for worse, but they're trying to be on what they think is the right side of that yeah. conversation. But by doing that, they are causing more misinformation. And when that comes out, no one will trust them. And then the le- the less trust people have in the media, the more likely they are to go to the fucking other side. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's mental, isn't it, as well? Like, I mean, <laughs> when you actually think about it, because when I first saw it, you know, as, you know, a vegan was just like, what, what is going on? Like, why would you, why would you carve on an animal's back? That is absolutely hideous. And I'm like, so it's dead, right? And then there's the other thing of it like there was a video clip of it swimming i was like wow they must be really resilient and then i read the thing and was like oh no it's just somebody being a knobhead it's it's like it's most probably just being tagged yeah it's <laughs> it's like when when it's like there's like a light dusting of frost and snow and somebody draws a knob on somebody's windscreen it's not you haven't carved exactly. it in yeah someone carves knob on <laughs> <laughs> on church building it's a car outside a church Someone etches fiery knob <laughs> with branding onto a decade, a, you know, a hundred year old stave church. Droplets emanating just, from the crown. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is actually just somebody's just frosted the window, drawn a little cock. In it. <sighs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How are you liking these tangents? Is this going not it, as well as you thought? Or no, I'm quite, well? I'm quite into it. I don't know. It's quite different from me, though. Like, we haven't really... Is it? St- well, I guess so. Cause, we can like, go on to magic. You want to talk about magic? That's you. That's well, you. This is, yeah, I mean, like, so the last one I did with um, Ina from Wardruna, like, we got really into animism, and I can't imagine that during that conversation we'd have been talking about <laughs> drawing a dick on a manatee <laughs> or <This> whatever. Is, <laughs> well... <laughs> This is the sort of energy I bring to the world, Dan. <laughs> I love it. No, it's good. I'm back in it. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about that, though, because you told me about your Wim Hof thing the other day. I want to talk about that. Love it. Love so, Wim Hof. Yeah. Fully in. I feel weird about it, though, because it is... Right, we should talk about what that is first, because people think we're just making up words. So the Wim Hof method is, for anyone that doesn't know, is a breathing technique... Or that's one of the aspects of what he does, yeah. right? Is this uh, breathing technique to uh, increase? What I mean, what is the aim of it? It's to it's for so, it's for physical and mental well-being. But what is he saying it's doing? 
Well, he's been he's been doing it for ages, and it's like based on Tibetan breathing techniques. Yeah, and he basically got like I don't know how many like six or seven Guinness World Records for like cold exposure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went and they did they did a and test heat. on him and heat as well, though, right? Like he ran yeah, through the desert he, with no water and no water, and they got all these world records, and they were like, "Well, we, we got to figure out what." This guy's obviously just an outlier or whatever. Yeah. And then they tested him. They proved all of the world records or whatever, the ice exposure. And then they were like, well, he's obviously an outlier. And then he, Billy Big Balls, just goes, all right, give me some people. I'll teach them how to do it. Yeah. Uh, they te- He teaches them how to do it. Then I think they did, they were like, well, he told them that like, I can control my immune system. And they were like, well, there's no way that you can really truly do that. So... They injected him with E. coli. <laughs> I didn't know that. And he did his breathing. Right, mate. They injected him with E. coli, which has a 99.8 success rate in infecting you if you get it directly injected into you. And uh, he beat it. And they went, well, obviously, this guy's just an outlier. So then he was like, I don't know, give me 10 people. I'll teach him. I think nine of them beat it as well. It's never happened before. Wow. Um, and they were like, okay, so this is this is actually... I didn't know this. ...doing something within the mechanism of your body. Yeah. So he says it's... Your body's naturally very acidic, and we don't breathe to our correct, you know, depth or whatever. And it makes your body more alkaline, Um and the breath holds that you do at the end, combined with the amount of oxygen you've got, naturally, like, kills infectious cells in your body. Yeah. And then he, I don't know how it relates to, like, mental health or whatever, but I started doing it at a horrible time in my life. And the first time I did it, I cried. Just, a, I was like, an unbelievable emotion after it. Yeah. And then now... I regularly leave this realm during the breath in after the breath hold. So I know it's not like, if anyone doesn't know, you do. It's like 30 really deep breaths in, 30 to 40 deep breaths in, slightly shallower breath out. And then at the end, you exhale fully and you just wait until it feels like you need another breath. Yeah. And once you've done it for a while, it... It's at the point now where my, my third round breath hold is like three and a half minutes. And then I think, oh, I should probably breathe in now. It's not like I'm gasping for air. I mm. go, oh, I should probably breathe in now. You take a big deep breath in and you like push against your diaphragm. And I regularly fucking leave this realm. I saw Rasputin's face once. No idea why. Just popped up there. I saw... <laughs> The other day, I think I spoke to you literally shortly after doing it the other day. Yeah, the thing that concerned me was the thing that concerned me was when you said you were doing it in the bath, which isn't a good thing to do. Yeah, he says don't do it in the bath, but I reckon it's because (laughs) it's too good in the bath. (laughs) (laughs) Not because you might pass out and drown. Oh, no, there's definitely some... Too good. (laughs) There's definitely some dangerous shit about doing it in the bath, but... um, so I, wouldn't, I wasn't even going to mention that because you've actually put lives in risk there, Daniel. No, I'm actually um, putting out a warning it. so so people don't do it well, in the bath. I don't think anyone else would have... I was not going to mention the bath. But um, even when I do it sans bath, uh, it's fucking the same shit. The other day I had one that was actually quite troubling. Go on. And it was like I was... It's weird because you do the breath in and it's you hold in for 15 seconds. And 
when you come to, it's almost like you come to, it's like you've passed out, but you, you haven't really. Yeah. I hear him and he's not even said, and breathe in again or whatever and relax. And it means it hasn't even been 15 seconds. It's been like 13 seconds. And I've had like a dimensional journey that feels like I've been gone for fucking at least 15 minutes. Go on then. And I had a troubling one the other day. Where I just had like, we I can't even remember it now. You told me I should write it down. I definitely yeah. should. Like weird memories of childhood, and then a like, weird like anxiety about like missing my parents because I live so far away from them now, and they're like getting old and shit. Mm. And it was all almost like just colours and stuff, just like, almost like stretchy colours. And each of the colours was like the thought that I was thinking of, and when my brain was still not fully in the other world. It was like I was fighting with like half of me is like, I'm still in the bath. I'm still in the bath. And when I was realizing like not letting, it's so hard to fucking express when I was worrying about the thing, the color would like stretch and become really tight. And the more that I noticed it, instead of just going with the flow, it would just get tighter and tighter and tighter. And then I just came into consciousness and my fucking heart was going mad. And I was like, that was horrible. And then I did another round. (laughs) 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 I've got no off switch, mate. Oh, that was mental. Let's do it again. Um, And I did another round and it was far more relaxing. I just, it it was like... I just let myself, it was like the, the time before I was fighting with it, like, oh, oh, I feel like I'm about to pass out or something. And mm. then the second time I like just let it happen. Can't even remember what happened. And then when I came into consciousness or whatever, I was just, it's so weird. It's like, the only way I can describe it is like, general life is a ringing in your ears. And then when you come into consciousness, it was like it suddenly stopped. And I was like, well, it's like I'm, like a ringing's gone, but there's been no ringing. I haven't got tinnitus or anything, but it just felt like there was a, a ringing of general anxieties of whatever. It felt like a ringing in my ears. And then I do the meditation. I do. And if I achieve the higher plane, when I come back, it's like that ringing stopped and I'm just chilled for the rest of the night. Yeah. That's ace. So. <laughs> so the thing is, like when you first said to me about that, I mean, a lot of people would probably go, well, that's because you're hyperventilating and it's and it relates to the idea about, you know, when we were kids where uh, you called it the bastard and we would call it the, the bastard, yeti, yeah. the, the yeti where yeah. it was where it was like forced hyperventilation when, when we were uh, up to no good as kids. But I wonder what Jimmy Carr calls it. Definitely a southern thing. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, it also relates to like... Um, like the idea about uh, when I spoke to um, uh, Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Same thing. Yep. About that was like to do with like if you can ascend this set of steps within a, it's like a pyramid, isn't it? In Is it in South America? Yeah. If you can do it within one breath, they say that you'll reach enlightenment. And, um, and he did that. And that's all to do with, with holding your breath, which then relates to the idea about uh, I guess that when they were first doing those studies about DMT and they discovered that DMT was actually like an endogenous um, substance or molecule that, which means that everything has it within it, like plants, animals, us, 
I mean, we are animals, but yeah, do you know what I mean? So, so it's already yeah. there. And then they were trying to figure out if it is already in the body, what purpose does it serve? And where is it made? And like the initial sort of stab at it was that um, Rick Strassman said that he thought it was in the pineal gland. And then after that, further research started saying that they thought it was actually made in the lungs, which then relates Ooh, to... I didn't know that. Yeah. And then that then relates, obviously, to all the ideas about breathing techniques within all these different practices all over the world, which about, um, you know, meditation and yoga and like Tibetan breathing, etc., that would be done to reach a higher state of consciousness. So then that might be doing those things. It means that, you know, this is all hypothetical uh, pseudoscience I, I don't on my even, part. I don't even do drugs anymore, but I think that, what are you looking at me for? No, nothing. What are you looking at me for? Um, I don't do hallucinogenic drugs anymore. And, um, like, I've definitely been to that realm via drugs. Mm. But, honestly, nothing is good and nothing, like, with drugs comes like a come down. With this, it's almost the complete opposite. Um, and the the cold exposure is the other half of it, which I don't do it half as mad as anyone else does it, yeah. which is they do like ice baths and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Start but I do a cold, cold shower. Oh, I'm not into it. I, I tried do, it for a bit. Mate, if you do the breathing, you you have a shower as hot as you can bear for a while. So it's like I kind of want it to be cold anyway. And then I turn it smack bang to the coldest it will possibly go. And then I'll do the breathing immediately. It's uncomfortable for maybe five seconds and then it's fine and that is actually when i get a lot of like closed eye visuals is doing that because i'll do like a minute cold shower after like i i live in scotland ice cold shower yeah and i laugh i like i will giggle when it finishes it's like a uncontrollable endorphins like i will just giggle and it just puts me in a fucking good mood that's nuts I can't. Isn't it? I, and I know it might be placebo, and I but I don't care. But it's yeah. But then, like, well, so what? Exactly. What it, placebo, or someone could say, actually, this is killing you. I'll be like, I don't care. It makes me feel really. <laughs> good. No one's getting hurt. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but that's yeah. But then you get into placebo studies, and you find out that that they really can work. You know, when they're doing studies of people having like double blind placebos or whatever and and yet they're still having the benefit they're told that's going to happen obviously because that's what placebo is but then you've got to wonder exactly what's going on there and why the body or how the body and consciousness itself can affect can affect the body do you know what i'm saying insane and it's like i I get a benefit from it and you know he and other people who you know believe him or not are saying it does this and does that i'll Mm. just take that as a fucking bonus in as far as i'm concerned it's an anti-anxiety thing for me and i know the weird thing is right if i if i don't need to do it like if i'm feeling pretty calm in myself Mm. i will never have like i'll never reach the second plane the sort of the spiritual am i passing out am i you know the weird dmt trippy part of it yeah if i don't need to do it if i if i found if i did it every day the breath work i would be very chilled out as a person or whatever but 
I could never, it's almost like I couldn't get that high. And I know you're not supposed to like chase the high of it or the whatever, but if I stop doing it for a few days and then I feel the hustle and bustle of everyday life or whatever, like the that grussle. static noise, yeah. the gra- no, the grussel's a positive thing. Um, if I like feel that, st- almost like if you describe it static, like eh, my dog needs to go to the vet or whatever, just like a lot of like anxieties building up. And then I do it, guaranteed I'll have a trippy one, even if it's exactly the same amount of time breath hold, mm. and then guaranteed I'll feel loads better afterwards. Huh. Weird. Yeah, that is kind of weird. I wonder mm. why that is. Yeah, and that's why in my head I'm like, something is happening here, because if I don't need it, it doesn't work. But then that might be a placebo thing as well, because now you're thinking about it where you're almost putting this barrier in the way because it's like, well, that ain't going to happen because my life's not, shit at the moment no, I've only just noticed that oh okay because right. like I felt like I needed <laughs> I felt like I needed to do it the other day because I felt like I hadn't done it in ages no I felt good and I was di- but I was doing it every day and I was like well I don't feel any more chilled out or whatever from this and then I stopped for a while and then my oven broke and then loads of other stuff that just normal people deal with but I take incredibly badly and I was like, oh, I feel like I need to go meditate. Went and meditated, yeah. fucking entered the elf realm, came back and I've been chilled ever since then. I probably won't do it today. Yeah. Do you... I don't want to talk about something if it's going to like set you off on edge but... No, that's why I'm glad that you wanted to do this in the daytime. If it was nighttime, I probably wouldn't. You can have whatever you want from me. All right. So, uh, did you? Because I know that you you've obviously spoken about it before, but you ha- you had really you went through a period of having this incredible insomnia. Have you found that yeah. this this has helped with that? Um, no. Or or rather, the anxiety with it. Uh, yeah, but not if I do it at the same time because it's it. That's actually when I started doing it because, but. It's quite energizing as oh, like right. a yeah, meditation. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's like I can't sleep and I do that and it's it doesn't work. But the thing about that, the the weird thing about the whole insomnia thing that I can't I, I can't figure out and I'll never figure out is I had uh, twenty nineteen. You, if you want that, you want the whole fucking story. You want the, you want the whole story of how that shit. I I not if you don't want to talk about it. I mean, I'll talk about it. I don't think I've ever talked about it. And I don't want to talk about it on my podcast because it's like, it's supposed to be about the guest, isn't it? I don't want to be like, hey, yeah, um, this happened to me. But um, I had, so 2018, Christmas 2018, mm. I came home from, this is, this is what I, you know, I don't know. This is me just thinking what could have been any of the causes. Um, Christmas 2018, I came home from a tour and I had a message on Facebook um, from a girl. I just moved to where my now ex is from, mm. and I had a message from a girl that said, uh, "Your wife is fucking her boss." And uh, yeah, I confronted her. She said, "You know, it hadn't happened or whatever. It wasn't happening." And uh, I think I just knew that it had. Yeah. But I'd just moved my whole life. So I just sort of went on with it. And that was always just in the back of my brain or whatever. And I, I had another tour coming up. And uh, I just started getting really anxious about the tour. And at the same time as that, I had this fucking thing happen with my nose. And uh, 
right, when I look back at it now, I had two anxieties. I had anxieties of going on tour and what's she going to be up to when I'm on tour. And then I had this thing where my left nostril, right, just fucking seized shut. Mm. And it was like, I think it was an allergy thing or something. I don't know. Um, but what would happen was when all my muscles were relaxed, this is why in my head I'm like, is this what is this all, including the nose thing, like an anxiety thing? Yeah. Um, when my muscles were relaxed, the the thing they got things in your nose called turbinates. They would separate from the bit of my nose, which they were you can hear my nose is generally pretty fucked anyway. They would separate from the bit of the nose that they were touching. Yeah. And it would make this fucking squeaking noise. And other people can hear it, but, and it still does it sometimes now, but it would happen only when my muscles were relaxed and it would only happen when I was just about to fall asleep. Yeah. So I was awake for about five days um, and I just fucking lost the plot. That's the, I just fully. That's the thing, right? Because I think a lot of people think that that doesn't sound like, like, not I, not the the stuff that is the cause of it because it does almost seem to me like and I'm not a doctor obviously but it does you could say it sounds like a manifestation of that anxiety right in a physical sense but um yeah most people would be like oh so you didn't sleep for like well that's mental because I used to go out and I'd be up for days and blah blah blah, blah. But you don't realize quite how yeah not even debilitating it, it you literally go mental like it is oh mate I was like. That was it. I was fucking. I was. I had it planned. What I was gonna do. I was like, I can't live like this. So I'm gonna fucking. But I bin myself off. I had it planned. It was like a proper eco terrorism thing that I was gonna do. Like, uh, not 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 fully eco terrorism, but I lived on like a really busy main road, and there was all these. Uh, I've never. I don't think I've ever told this on the podcast. There was all these uh, HGVs that were just going from the. They took a shortcut off the M1, and they'd go through this little village that we lived in. And everyone in the village hated it. And I was like, oh, and everyone was like, oh, they're dangerous. I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and pretend I'm walking the dog. I wouldn't bring the dog with me, obviously. Just pretend I'm going for a walk. And I was just going to stick my fucking head under one. And then it would get the, it would get, the, look at your face. It would get the, uh, the council would be like, oh, they shouldn't have been going that way. And then I'd have done something good within it. Anyway, that was the plan. Oh, I'm getting fucking anxious talking about it. But I like it. Yeah, that's, Anyway, I'll carry on because you seem you seem uh, <laughs> lost for words there. But that was the plan, and um, this was after how many days that you actually contemplated throwing yourself under a truck? Probably five, I think. And it was like you'd gone to the doctors though, at what point? Yeah. So this is where. So this is where looking back on it, like you know, a year and a half later, I think I was very very anxious about what I'd known for almost a year by that point. Yeah. Um, and, but because I'd moved my whole life, I'd bought a house up there. Um, I was just fucking, I don't know. I just sort of went with it. And in my head, I was like, well, I'll just die soon. And then I won't have to deal with it. I won't have to deal with a divorce. I won't have to deal with confronting her. I won't have to do anything because I'll just be dead and yeah. it'll be fine. So I think with the non-sleeping nose thing, I don't, my nose is fucked, but I think there was some sort of, some sort of, uh, 
just extreme anxiety that then became like manifested in it. It's my fucking nose. You might yeah. hear it sometimes on the podcast. My nose makes specifically that noise and it does happen. It used to happen when I was falling asleep and it would be shit. But I went to the doctor. Mm. Sorry, got off, off topic there. I went to the doctor and they were like, you're depressed. So this is like day two of the not sleeping. Yeah. This is where I think that if this part hadn't happened... I don't think it would have got as far as it had. Yeah. And I don't think it would be as much as a problem as it still is today because I have insane uh, sleep anxiety now. Um, Like, I'll get onto that. But I went to the doctor after two days. The doctor just flat out said, you're depressed. Did some fucking questionnaire. I went, you're depressed. Take this pill. It will make you sleep better as well. And I was like, okay, so what time do I take the pill? And I'm like, I take it before bed. Took it before bed that night, up all night like I'd done a fucking E. Um, phoned the doctors the next day. They were like, yeah, you're just getting used to medication or whatever. And then so, so I carried on taking it for sort of three, four days. And uh, then on the last day, I was just like, nah, nah fuck this. I'm going to fucking do it. And they, I went back to the doctor. I can't remember. My mum came up. My mum came up yeah. around about that time. Um, I had to phone her, actually, because my then partner had gone away on a trip, uh, a little camping trip during when this was going on. And uh, I had to phone my mum. but She did like three hours ago. I was like, I'm really sorry. Can you come up? Because I'm, you know, I'm fucked. I'm thinking mad shit or whatever. Mm. Um she came up, so obviously I'm not going to fucking do anything with my mum up there. I went back to the doctor. Um, I went back to one doctor, and they basically went, I'm not giving you Valium. That was the first fucking word out of her mouth. Yeah. And I went, I don't want Valium. I want you to fucking help me. I'm not giving you Valium. I, you you fit drug-seeking behaviour, right? And I'd said four fucking words to her. Yeah, it's because you've got tattoos. and it, Honestly, it was that. Yeah. And... Uh, I still now, like, I haven't registered with a doctor up here because I just fucking hate them because of this whole situation. And uh, they, I went I, f- I went to another GP. I was like, I, like, I want to change GPs. And she, the first thing she said, she was like, why on earth was he telling you to take this pill at night? It's a known, it's an SSRI. Like for the first almost, you know, month, people feel a little bit like, like it's ecstasy or whatever, like it will keep you up. Like you should have been taking that 7 a.m. Yeah. Not fucking... Just before bed. 10 o'clock at night. Just before bed, yeah. Let me take a couple of pingers before bed. <laughs> um, And then... So then I went on a different antidepressant from then, which... Which, you know, it, it was fine. It helped. Um, I think it helped, but I think at that point I realised that I would have to like start thinking of an exit plan out of my yeah. life situation. Not a real life exit plan. <laughs> not a, not an exit from life, but an exit from my situation. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I started sort of figuring out like how, you know, how... Because I'd, I'd bought the... I'd bought the house. I, I It was all... Like I knew I was going to have to not only move back or whatever, but I'd have to go through the selling of the house and I'd have to give her some, obviously. 
and all of that just fucking played on my mind or whatever. But and what that was playing on my mind for the whole year. But I think at that point, I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out my exit plan out of this. Figure out what's going on because I think that's the co- the cause of the whole thing. But yeah. the la- the lasting effect is if I don't sleep, I have like sleep anxiety now. Certain things I can't do before going to bed. I could not have this conversation past sort of seven o'clock because mm. I would just in my head I'd go, "That's it. I'm not sleeping tonight." But and, and it's all just in my head. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying because it seems like all of all of this. The reason you were having all of this anxiety, by the sound of it, to, from an outside perspective, is because of the situation you're in, and now you're you're in a fucking infinitely like that. That's like a whole other life away now. I know, but you know what? It's the only thing that takes me back to that spot, which is why I know I need to go and see someone, is if I don't sleep, my brain goes straight to the worst case. Straight to, ah, let's just fucking do this. And I'm like, it's like I unlocked a bit of my brain that I would love to just lock back up. Yeah, It's the only thing. I will just be a different... And it's now, it's at the point where... Normal people just have a bad night's sleep quite often, probably a couple of times a month. Mm. When I do it, it's the end of the fucking world and I cannot see that yeah. it's just a normal person's bad night's sleep. Yeah, of course, because you're relating it to, to the past situation of when it was like that. So like one shit... It's honestly like PTSD. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's neuroplasticity for you, my friend. Do you know what That's I mean? what? The, you know, the idea of like when you build habits that... Because oh yeah, you just go straight back to it. Well, neural plasticity is the idea that that your brain is obviously it is all connections and pathways within your brain, and habit builds new pathways, but you can reset them and you can build fresh pathways over the top of it, so that and that's um, why. Sorry to cut you out, but no. that like that's why I'm convinced. Uh, it was almost like some sort of fucking MK Ultra situation. Me taking those pills at night. Like, it's such a horrible memory yeah. of being... That was the other thing. They were like, oh, yeah, it can, like one in 10,000 people, they can have the complete opposite effect and it, like, increases suicidal ideation. I was one of those. Yeah. Like, it was... It, it, I know people have been through worse in their lives, but it was like some sort of chemical torture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm still... I'm definitely getting over it, um, but I'm still... Well, I think being able to deeply tied to it, yeah. But being able to talk about it in in a, in a way where you're um like you're not belittling it, but at the same time you've also realised that the the root and the cause of it with these different um conditions and and things. So now you're already over it, or well, not over it, but you are travelled past that now. Because that's the thing with anything in life, isn't it? Like anything that that can be really shit and having regrets or or things that you've done that that have really like messed you up like once once you get into another part of life and 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 those things are done you just have to go it's almost like you go well that was part of getting to where i am now and yeah and in that and in that sense yeah which is a tough thing to do obviously still means it will, it still fucking happens if i haven't slept though i've got over it. it used to be just an insane anger because it was like like an insane resentment of like someone else has technically done this to me. And Mm. it might not even be that. I'm sure I'm very, you know, probably quite neurotic or whatever. And 
now I can look back and think that being someone, having someone that's on tour all the time, probably, you know, isn't that easy. But at the same time, don't be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, there's no, no, yeah, whatever. No excuse. But like now, that's what I'm saying. Now I can only, uh, obviously no forgiveness. But, but now I can like just think that half, I don't care about that. I've, I'm in a much happier place with that. And the same, there's no rage. The, like the, the divorce is done. The money's paid. I'm at now over that. That was a big one. That was actually the second. No one knows this one. In fact, no one knows this one. That was the second thing. Was like, I was just like, I'll just, I'll wait till this is all over, and then I'll just do it on that date. And I set that date in my head. Second date of uh, my second date with uh, death. And uh, but then it, by the time it actually rolled up didn't want to do it at all but the date was still in my head didn't sleep that night Mm. and i'd slept perfectly fine until then so i know it's in my fucking head yeah and i know i'm past it and now it's the point that the only thing that can trigger it is not sleeping and the only thing that can trigger not sleeping is absolutely fucking anything my neurotic brain (laughs) wants to but to answer your fucking question the the breathing exercises definitely help is, like, if I do them in the daytime, like, yeah. I'm much more calm in myself. I think a lot of it is also um, not like just getting used to not being on tour was was always difficult for me. And I think now yeah. when I go back to tour, I will be much more well equipped to handle being at home because now I've just sort of been forced to be at home. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the pandemic. Is gonna is actually other than financially and every other aspect. I think mentally, it's actually gonna been very good for me because I've been forced to not go on tour. I can't have. I used to have coping mechanisms. It would be like, oh, this is fucked. This is fucked. But at least I'm going on tour in two weeks' time. Like, yeah. Now I've got face stuff head on. Be like, this is fucked. You got to sort it out, or else you're gonna fucking live with it. Yeah. Do you think you're gonna approach touring differently now? I think everyone is. Yeah. I don't, I I think tours, I don't want to throw any under the bus, but venues, promoters, bookers, managers, like people being at home have really realised that sometimes these people take advantage of you. Yeah. And they, you do stuff that you would never normally do because they've told you that this is what it has to be like. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. now everyone's like, well, no, it doesn't because I've I've survived for 365 days without a gig. I'm not doing three shows in one day with no sleep. Uh, it's not fucking happening. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah, it's 75. Uh, we, uh, we didn't give you any catering because it's 75 bucks for three crates of water. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> Let's start being real now. Oh, we need to take a merch cut. Okay, we're going to take a bar cut. Like, yeah, I think no one is coming back and taking the same shit. So it's interesting. Yeah, and you take things for granted as well, I think, when you're actually touring as well. As well as people taking, like, as you say, taking liberties with, with artists and whatnot. Artists themselves kind of take things for granted, um, which I don't think will happen anymore. Like, that's, that's the thing is, like, so many of my mates that are in bands and especially friends that um, that work, in, work as crew guys actually 
for the people that I know that work in crew, it's hit them harder than people in bands, I think. Oh, definitely. Because they, they nine times out of 10, they don't have a side hustle or the platform to begin a side hustle. Yeah. Yeah. I, Everyone else has been like, oh, I'm the singer in a band. Oh, I've got a Twitch now. I immediately get 500 subscribers. Like I saw which is sick. I saw Caleb Beartooth the other day started a Twitch because we're yeah. all just twitching now because it's a valid, great way to contact fans and actually make money. I saw he started one the other day. I was like, yeah, we reached 500 subscribers. I know how much money that is. That's over $1,000. Like, Okay, that's cool. I've never... That's so sick. Yeah. I've never thought of going that route, to be honest, because I feel like... I. With a lot of this stuff, I always feel like I'd be the guy that, that's kind of put off doing things. And then by the time I see everyone else has got on it and is doing really well with it, I kind of go, oh, I can't do that now because then it looks like I'm... Well, that was me with Twitch. And still no, no, after no. me, there's people still doing that. Yeah. I was way late to it. I yeah, want my The whole of the downbeat's going to go to Twitch. Yeah. I've bought all the stuff. I just need the fucking COVID to fuck off. <laughs> Because yeah. what me and you are doing right now in this lovely room yeah. would just be, I'll try and do as many of them as possible in person, like your things. But then I've got like a wireless 5G router. Yeah. And I've got the capture card, the two cameras and everything. And I could just do it anywhere because 5G's everywhere, baby. COVID. Uh, yeah, isn't it? Oh, this uh, is the other thing, actually. Just go out live. I, I, I heard you saying about going to PC rather than Mac. What's that about? It almost... Sa- money, mate. Well, that's what I was going to say. It almost sounds to me like you've um, got this kind of practical, weird uh, idea that, that you don't have to pay shitloads of money for something just because it feels cool and is aesthetically pleasing and it will do the job even better. Like, what's that about? Whoa, my man's a fucking... Bill Gates fan? No, uh, not at all. Like um, I, I'm, I'm totally no, the I opposite. I, I get it, but at the same time, it's going to be weird, though, isn't it? Like I've, like, I remember getting, uh, I think Samsung sent me a phone because, like, oh, Radio One. Oh, here's I, ain't, a, here's I, a phone. I ain't doing that now. That's no, but do you know what I mean? Green text, Dan. It's exactly. It's like, what is like? How do you? Like where's where are the photos? Oh Just mate, I'm not looking forward not looking forward to that. But I, I did the maths. Like I've got this much budget and this is what I want to do for the podcast. I can't physically afford to do it on Mac. So That's mental what though, I'm doing. And the other thing is, but and part of the reason is because I want to stream drums, right? I updated my Mac OS. My interface is now kaput, doesn't work. Yeah. Um my Pro Tools doesn't work, so I need to buy a new thing. So I've decided I'm going to roll back this Mac, and I'll still use that for music production because and podcast production at the end of the day because it's impossible to... The learning curve, I've been doing it for 10 years or whatever. Yeah, isn't it? But that will just be the audio Mac, and then the PC will be for the video stuff. And for the same price as one MacBook that won't even do what I want it to do, I could get two two PCs and wipe this MacBook. Wow. 
It's yeah. annoying. <clears throat> yeah. Because I, I don't want to be... Um, I, I love Mac. If it worked... I think the the straw that broke the camel's back was when I tried to record drums the other day and I plugged my fucking £800 interface in and it was like, oh, yeah, this April 2019 was the end of life for this. I was like, the end of life for this bit of hardware was yeah. 2019. Yeah, that's wild, isn't it? Technocracy. Which is why I didn't ask you to play drums on that thing. Because <laughs> I do. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I can, do, I can do that now. I would do it for you. Well, I'm going to see if I can get that Toon Track thing up and going. Yeah. Um, Did what? He didn't get back to me, no. No, well, he, he says he was out of office till February, so that's... That's keen, isn't it? Well, I mean... Very keen. Surely everyone's working from home. Hey, maybe he's actually on holiday. He's in America. They're just fucking doing what they want. <laughs> oh, is he in the States? Oh, I thought they were based in Sweden. Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, maybe he's preparing no, he's for... He's uh, it's definitely America because him and our Tom, our guitarist, talk about hockey all the time. Although that could still be Sweden. Yeah, maybe he's prepping for the end of the world. Could be. Yeah. If he's in America, he should be. Um, I've got to take my dog to the vets. All I've right. probably got to leave in eight minutes. All right. So. Well, let's wrap this up now because then then you have time to uh, prepare yourself. We didn't get to talk about Stray. No, we didn't. Well, there you go. That we'll do that in the second one. In your second one? Or are we doing that on the downbeat? You're going to interview me, but on the downbeat? This is kind of a pod swap anyway, so yeah, why not? All right. Because you said loads of You know of what we st- should do? You know what we should do? I was thinking about this in my during my cold shower, actually, today. You could say I was, <laughs> you know... Sexy. Being an alchemist. Um, we should just fucking do, like, a separate podcast. It's just a weekly fucking little chat. Well, yeah, we could. There's... You've got about ten podcasts anyway. I've always just thought that... I, Part of the reason I don't put out loads and loads and loads is that I would put out single episodes every fucking day if I had someone else to talk to. Yeah. Do you know what? That's the thing, though. It's like I find that um, everything is way better when I've got someone to, like, chat with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I I even... I'm not not, not actually going to say it because I don't want that to manifest. But, yeah. um, Ha-ha. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Have you stopped doing the paintings, or do I get a painting? No, I've got a painting. You're gonna have to send me some pictures. I'll send you some uh, directions of what I require, and then um, that's cool. And then I you don't I'll... have to. You could just do a stick man if you want. No, why would I do that? That's part of my thing, isn't I don't it? Don't know. Yeah, love it. Part do of some my magic sh- underneath there. Stick. Yeah, there's always a lot of that going on. Nice. A lot of, I've started making a lot of them with, like, people think it's all gibberish on there, but I've actually trying to make them as protective charms for people as well. I was gonna say, we didn't even get into my sex magic. I've been doing sex magic. Like, Have we, you? We got another, yeah, we got another episode. I've got that book, haven't I? I told you about the book. Ah, so why did you not mention that? Well, because I don't want to be the guy that, like, brings it up. I thought you would coax it out of me. Why I not? I'd suddenly forgotten. Go, so, tell us about the sex magic. Been drinking any spunk lately? Been drinking any spunk lately? <laughs> uh, and mate, oh, don't you worry about my sex magic. You ain't got you ain't got enough Can't time. Can't throw that you out there. Is <laughs> you ain't got you ain't got enough time for me and my chalice. Oh my god! Yeah, do you know about cakes of light? Cakes of light. Yeah, that's what. Well, so Crowley. They happen at the end of the sex magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no. So Crowley. 
he they would talk about these things as like in the Eucharist in Catholic Mass where you would have like the the wafer and this is like the body of Christ. So they would have these things called cakes of light, and they would be these things that were made of uh, prima materia, which was menstrual blood and jizz mixed with other stuff to make it like a. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, I'm a sexy haggis. <laughs> Oh, sex haggis. Yeah, mate, I'm in Scotland now. <laughs> well, of I course. have that every day. <laughs> Deep fried. Um, just just before my fucking Wim Hof method, <laughs> fry up a bit of sex haggis. <sighs> All right. Ah, see, now, now I wish you'd have brought that up. Oh, now I've wet, I've wet your whistle. Yeah, now I've got to really come back. Wet, yeah. All right, well, we'll have to talk about that another time. Let's do it on uh, on um, either on the downbeat or on... We uh, can't do it. My mum and dad will listen to that. I can't be like, oh, yeah, I did a shot of jizz the other day, mum. <laughs> <laughs> and we could talk about... Oh, no, I won't mention them. Uh, all right, go and go take your dog to get better. <laughs> I love and appreciate you. I'm glad we finally fucking did this. Yeah, man, thank you. Nice one. Take it right. easy. Lots of love. Take care. Bye. <laughs> That was episode 37 of Someone Who Isn't Me with Craig Reynolds. Um, Make sure you check out his podcast, which is The Downbeat. That's available on all your favorite pod providers, Spotify, etc. Or via the Knotfest website. And as I said at the start, guests on that have included members of Architects and Slipknot and Bring Me the Horizon and Cult of Luna and me. Um, And it's wicked. It's, It's an amazing pod. You can find it at The Downbeat. And Craig's socials are at Renlord on Insta, Twitch, and Twitter. That's at R-E-Y-N-L-O-R-D. His band is at Stray From The Path. Last album, Internal Atomics, Rips, is available on all platforms. I believe that they're working on stuff for a new record now. Yeah, maybe we get to talk about that another time. We have actually mentioned about the possibility of doing a weekly podcast where the two of us just catch up with each other as a sort of separate thing from both Swim and The Downbeat, um, like its own thing. I don't know if it will happen, but um, if it did, I think it'd be Ace. Swim Beat, uh, maybe? Nah. Um, I can be found at Daniel P. Carter on all socials. Someone who isn't me is at Swim Podcast. If you're a downbeat listener and you're into this episode and you haven't sort of checked out Swim before, that is absolute bullshit. You need to go back through past episodes. There's definitely going to be stuff that you're into for sure. You can subscribe and review nicely on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. Thanks again. I am out. Peace. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 